So if you will, turn into your Bibles. Is that how Drew starts it? Right? I'm the one that has to work on the recording, so it doesn't matter, I guess, does it? Eddie, Eddie started. That's what we're going to say. Eddie said, Second uh, Kings 4. So I want to talk to you about desperation today. Um, just because of where we're at in, uh, in the world th- this day with everything that's going on, with things, prices increasing, Roe v. Wade, the, the gay agenda, all that, all the, the mess that's going on in the world, we're getting into a desperate situation. And so hopefully today I can convey to you what I feel like the Lord's saying, and uh, if not, then you can read this on your own time and he'll reveal it to you, okay? Uh, so we're going to start uh, in verse 1. Uh, this could be like a, 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 po- a post, post-day, Mother's Day sermon, because both the stories in, in uh, 2 Kings 4 is about a mother. All right? Uh, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant uh, feared the Lord, but the... Uh, Creation, is that right now? Creditor, thank you. I'm terrible with words, by the way, by the way, folks. Merry Christmas, you get that today as well. Uh, has come to take my two children to be slaves. And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you have in your house? And she said, your servant has nothing in her house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from your neighbor's, neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour into the vessels. And, once, and when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, shut the door behind herself and her sons. Then the vessels were full. She said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is, there's not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the the man of God, he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live and rest. So in that story, she had a jar of oil. She had some taxes to pay, and the tax collectors were going to take her kids if she didn't pay it, right? And so what did the man of God tell her to do? Get the empty vessels from your neighbors and fill them with the jar of oil. So... She had one jar of oil and filled up many jars of oil, enough to sell them and to pay the tax collectors the rest of their lives. So they were taken care of from that point forward. So in that situation, she did what the Lord told the man of God to tell her to do. She did that, and she was taken care of. All right. We're going to move on down. We're going to read a lot of 2 Kings today. I've left my big Bible at home, and so this is a whole lot of fun to read shorthand. Um, uh, so we'll start at eight. We'll just, we're just going to read. One day Elisha went to uh, Shunema. Can't say that right. 
where the wealthy woman lived, she, who urged him to eat some food. So whatever, uh, let's pass on to that. We're going to go to nine. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who continually is passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof and the walls and put there for him a bed, table, chair, and lamp so that he, whenever he comes to us, he can go there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. <clears throat> and he said to Gehazi, uh, his servant, Call the sh uh, Shudamite. Uh, when he called her, she stood before him and he said to her, uh, said to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Sorry, I lost my place. Would you have a word spoken into your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She, she answered, I, I dwell among my own people. He said, what then is it to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, At this season, about this next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman, the woman conceived, and she bore a son uh, about that time, the following spring, as Elijah had said to her. Okay, so she's already telling the man of God, uh, Don't mess with me, all right? Right? That's just like, like don't, you know, you got a mama? Don't mess with me. This is a serious thing. I got a kid, and you're telling me I'm going to have a kid. Don't mess with me. All right? So uh, on down, it said, When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father's uh, father among the reapers, and he said to the father, O Lord, my head, my head. The father, and his the father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. By the way, thank you, mothers. Us, us fathers sometimes just say, Go to your mom. Go find your mom. Go find your mom. You guys are very, 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 very important. Thank you. There are certain things you guys do that we can't do. Okay, we'll leave it at that. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, he sat in her lap till noon, and then he died. And so, and she went up and laid him in bed, for the man of God had shut the door behind him and had went out. Then she called her husband and said, send my servant to me. So we'll move on down. So she gets on a donkey. She tells her servant to, to urgently move along, get to the man of God. And when, down at verse 25. And when the man of God saw her, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there is the Shudamite. Run at once to meet her and, and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And she answered, all is well. And when she came to the mountain to where the man of God, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came and pushed her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I not ask my Lord for a son? Uh, did I ask the Lord for my son? I did not say, do not deceive me. And he said to Gehazi, tie, tie up your garments, take your stuff, uh, take your staff in your hand and go and meet anyone and greet. Uh, we don't need the rest of that. Uh, sorry. Do not greet him. If anybody greets you, do not. All right. So 
And the rest of that story, Elijah goes and he lays on the young man. So this mother is in distress because the son that she was told that she was going to have, she had, even though she didn't ask for it, and now the son is dead. And now she's gone to the man of God in a distress, in a, in a cry of desperation that her son is dead. And she's very frustrated that this promise that she was given is gone. And so Elijah goes, he lays on, the young man comes back to life. In those two situations, did you read anything in there that they had a plan B? But we always have a plan B when we go to the Lord about our things. Lord, I, I need you to do this. And then in the back of your head, you're going, but if I did this or this, or if I did this differently, then, then it would be taken care of, right? I mean, we've all been there, right, with, with situations in our lives. If the Lord would just do this, but then we don't allow the Lord to do it in his timing, we, we try to take care of it in our timing. And so in the... In the um, In John, in John 3, it says that we don't get anything unless it comes from heaven. And so at, at those moments, those ladies were dying to themselves because of the circumstances that were in front of them, and they were wanting the Lord to show up and show off. And it's sometimes in our desperate moments in our lives is our greatest miracle on the other side of it, except we just never make it to the other side of it because we're not willing to push through or we're not willing to allow the Lord to actually do what he said he would do and that was to take care of us and so find some other scripture mm-hmm. am I doing alright yeah that's alright I have to go back and listen to myself so it's not it's not fun to do. I hate hearing my own voice. We'll cut that out. In Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to, the, to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and opening up the prisons, uh, prisons to those who are bound. So in that scripture, it's talking about two people, one that are captives, and some that are in prison. So you get captive, you, you, you become a captive in a, in a war. And in a prisoner, sometimes we just put ourselves there because of all the things that we do. Almost like the Israelites, right? We were talking about this last night. Sometimes the, the Israelites were constantly messing up, and then they were crying out to God, and then he would show up and get them through that next that season, and then they would mess up again, and then they would cry out to God, and he would show up again, and then so that's, that's us. We, we're like the Israelites. We go, Lord, help me, help me, and then we fall back into the things that we were into or something totally different, and then we have to cry out to God again. And so, but we as believers 
are anointed and we are sent out to bring the good news to the poor and to those that are in captivity and those that are in prison. And so I really feel like the Lord is up to something really good. I mean, I mean, when you say the Lord's up to something, it's usually up to good, right? Let's just be real. But I really feel like in my spirit that the Lord's fixing to move. And we're in this, we're in this season of our lives and in this, this country's in a season of when it's time for us to get desperate for God. I, I went to uh, Paco's Tacos. Uh, shout out to Paco's. If you've never eaten there, go eat uh, Monday through Friday or Saturday. They're really good food. Um, but I got there, and I was, the nitty asked me, well, I had paint all over me, and I was here for work day, uh, which if you haven't seen the, sanctu- the fellowship hall, you should go look. The paint, the doors look amazing. Um, and so I went there. I was like, well, I was working in the, fe- in the fellowship hall. We're finishing that up, and then we have other projects that we want to attend to down the road. And she's like, yeah, what kind of projects? I said, well, I want to start working on the fe- in the main sanctuary. And she's like, well, what's, what's it? And I was like, well, right now it's just a shell, but I really feel like we need to start working on it because I feel like God's about to fill this place up and we need to be able to be ahead of the game whenever that happens. Right? So like, (laughs) getting excited thinking about it. I love revival. I like the fact that Jesus fell in this room out of people's cry of desperation. Revivals don't start by people just saying, please come, Lord. He comes when people find themselves on their faces crying out not only for themselves, but for the people that are around them, for their community, for their region, for the United States. It doesn't matter. I don't care where God falls in this county. I just want him to fall. If he he falls at the church up the road, I'm going to go there. I'll still be here, but I'm going to go there and we'll be part of those services and we'll bring you back here, right? The Brownsville Revival started by... Prayer meetings, where the prayer was, God send revival or give me death. That was his prayer. That was the lead pastor's prayer, and then the the Lord shows up on Father's Day. Inconvenience, right? The Lord showed up on Father's Day. I don't remember how long the revival went, but we had people from this church that went and got a hold of God, huh? Seven years, thank you got a hold of God and brought it back here and the Lord showed up because they were stirred enough to cry out for God to move. Hebrides Revival started out in a prayer meeting in a, in a, in a, in a barn or house. Was it a house? I can't remember off that one. Whole island was changed because of prayer. Because God showed up in the streets and people were actually repenting in the roads because of the the. the the atmosphere of the Lord was so heavy there. And over years, the bar shut down. The, the co-workers had to change the way that they talked to their animals because they weren't cussing at them anymore. They didn't want to use that language. So they had to retrain the donkeys to pull the coal out because they didn't use cuss words anymore. The police department was there just to take care of a little bit of things here and there because nobody locked their doors. There was no crime. And if you wanted to go from to service to service, you waited for the bus to come by with the the crazy folks on it, you hopped on it, and you went to another house, and you sat out in the yard, or if you get in the house, to hear the word of the Lord again.
I, get, I, I love revival stuff. You guys like revival stuff? I, I, every, every time I come in here, I see the baptism. And I know our goal is 200 this year, uh, but we're at 199. And uh, here it is, May. Do we really believe that we can baptize 199 people this year? Do we? I believe we can, but also we need the Lord to do it. We need the Lord to start captivating our hearts so we can be like Moses and be a light coming off the mountain of the glory of the Lord being inside of us because we know his word and we know the deep parts of God and we can go into a place and we can just, uh, like the song, when we walk into the room, everything changes. The atmosphere will change when we walk into the room because, because these words have meaning and they have power. I mean... If you've come to set the captives and the prisoners free, and we have been those people, and we have experienced something that only God can give us, why do we hesitate to show it? Why do we hesitate? This is, this is to Eddie as well. I'm not, not throwing a, a rock in a pack of wolves to see which one barks first. I'm throwing it at myself. What are we scared of? Are we, are we afraid that God might actually take hold of our lives and we might actually have to give some stuff up so he can move in our lives? And then so he can move into the other people's lives that we encounter. Let's just be real. We haven't really given up much. I'm going to be real. I gave up some things, but I didn't give up much. Don't get me wrong, he has, he has every bit of my life that he wants to do with. If he wants to take the house, he wants to take the property, my wife's going, yes, no. He can have it, it's his. My kids are his. My job is his. I don't, the only reason why I have that job is because of God, not because of Eddie. Eddie just was the vessel that was just doing what the Lord told him to do, is that was to go to work. And have a, have a mindset of excellency every day I show up. And the Lord has blessed me ever since. Also, we've tithed. Tithing is very important. You want to see increase? I could, uh, we could show you that there was an increase for X amount of years in our tax returns. It was nothing other than us just tithing and being faithful to that. I know we got graduation today. I don't know what time. Huh? It's at three. Thank you, Jesus. You can move. John, can you can you remember that the one revival? I wasn't here for it because I was a heathen at the time. Hey, Jackie might be able to remember as well. I was. I was a heathen. I was not in, I was, I was out doing dumb things. Did you guys have carpet that first revival? No. They have walls done. Trusses were showing. So the Lord showed up in a building that wasn't even ready. 
is a barn. Love it. Hey, Jesus showed up in a barn. More than one way to look at that, right? But you guys were desperate for a move of God. There was, there was a... Uh, it was in Acts 2 where they talk about where there's a group of people that are in one accord and then flames of fire set upon them and they were all baptized. What if we were all one accord? And the Lord just sat down upon us and then we left this place carrying something that we've never carried before. There's been a river that flows right in here. It usually flows this way. I don't know why. It always flows that way to me. We've felt it rain in this room. We've had the presence of the Lord be so heavy in this place. <laughs> we had that too. That all you could do was just be on your face. There would be no preaching. Maybe a little bit of worship music in the background. But it was all about him. Remember one summer we had revival with Jack, uh, Jack Myers? He would do the whole, put on the whole suit of God. He'd step through his little loop thing there. Heartbeat of God. And I remember working. I uh, worked at Harps. I had to be at, at, at Bob's Market at the time, uh, the old building. And... I would be at service here late, and then we would go to Exxon, when it was Exxon, and we were called the God Squad, and we would show up, and we would still have church inside of there, but we would also eat, and then we'd all go home, and then I would get up the next morning, and I would go to work, and I wouldn't be exhausted. And some of us sometimes are worried that God's going to move because he's going to ruin our day. He's going to ruin what we do on Sundays. He's going to ruin what he do on Monday. He's going to ruin what we do on Tuesday. It doesn't matter. If what you're doing right now anyways doesn't glorify Lord or further the kingdom, then what are we doing? Are we a couch potato? I'm speaking to myself. I hear you say ouch, but I'm talking to myself. I like going home and sitting on my keister and that nice air conditioner and watching some TV or cook or whatever it is or push weed eat my yard because my mowers parts haven't showed up I did that yesterday it was awful but the Lord was good I got it I got it somewhat done parts will be here hopefully next week please Jesus uh, but I what I want to get across today is what is it in our lives that's holding us back from really giving it all to the Lord? Both of those ladies had a deep yearning for God to move. There was, a, there was something inside of them out of desperation, and the Lord showed up and did exactly what they wanted him to do. When we show up here up on, Wednesday, on Sundays and Wednesdays, what do you expect the Lord to do for you? Do you have an expectation for the Lord to even move? Because if you show up at this place and don't expect the Lord to move, He's not going to. We have to come in these doors believing that the Lord is going to encounter somebody that's driving by, which has happened, and encounter them in the, in the highway, 
And then they come in through the doors and go straight to the altar because the Lord convicted them from there to there. Those things have happened. And they can happen again. And we want them to happen again. And we don't want this just for ourselves. We want it for our community. We want a community that desires nothing but the Lord. And then we allow the Lord to do what he wants to do. He'll take care of us. But we don't need a plan B. I feel like most people that are in missions work, the only reason why they've stayed in it as long as they have is because the Lord has provided for them every time, right? You don't go to a missions field and the Lord doesn't provide for you. You don't just stay. Sometimes some people will back up and just be like, oh, it wasn't the Lord. But what if you would have held out a little bit longer out of desperation and let the Lord actually show up? You might still be doing what you're called to do. Some of you have had dreams and visions of what the, Lord has put, what the Lord has put on your heart, and some of you have stopped looking at those because it, it hasn't come to fruition. It hasn't happened in my right. There's stuff in this Bible that's happened that guys said that would happen and it didn't happen in their lifetime. But they still desired it. Hebrews, Hebrews 11? Yeah. So where is your faith? Where is your desire? And where is our desperate cry for God to move? Because that's what we need. I guess we could tie in, uh, I guess I can tie in John 3. Less of us, more of him. If we would die to ourselves daily and allow God to come in and lead us through our day, just think of everything that would happen. Right? So Drew doesn't have to cover John. I, I, I shortened John 3 for you. All right? You can't get anything unless it's from heaven. And we need to die to ourselves daily and allow the Lord to come into our lives and lead us. Stop doing it on our own and let the Lord do it. Some of you in this house have been in desperate situations and probably are still. But it's time that we went to the Lord with it and not did it on our own. Robert, Dave. So in closing, I told you I'd be, I'd be short and sweet to the point. Not long-winded. We have a choice in a difficult circumstance to either, either turn, turn towards God or turn away from Him. If we cry our hearts, if we cry of our hearts to see revival in our lives, communities, and nations, then we must be a praying people in all circumstances. That, is, that are desperate for God to move and speak. The, the one thing that the enemy hates the most is praying people. Because it, 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 it affects him. It affects what he's doing. And we're not always praying people. 
that the Lord's about to raise up some prayer leaders, prayer warriors. And even if it's just a couple people, I was telling Shane the other day uh, during one of the revivals, the Lord really didn't hit me about praying. But once I was in that atmosphere of praying people that were hungry for, the, for God to move and to speak, it stirred something up inside of me. And then I was one of those people that was hungry, that was praying, that was just desiring to eat the word, to eat the scroll. So, we'll have a little bit of time for altar since I'm letting you guys out early. But I need you to be genuine and when you go to the Lord and go, what is it that's holding me back? Why am I not desperate for you to move? Not only for me, but for those around me. Because it's not about me, it's about him. Elisha, it wasn't about him. It was about what the Lord told him. He heard from the Lord and then he spoke it. It's not about me. It's about God. It's not about Ephah. It's about God. There's people in this city. And I love this city. I grew up here. I love it. Love it. And I believe still to this day that this is the center of the universe and that this is God's landing zone. And I believe there will be a group of people that, that are hungry and fire for God that he will move in this place and this region will be changed. So what is it that we speak daily? Do we speak life or do we speak death? Do we allow God to move or do we do it ourselves? Some of you are prisoners of your own demise. I'll let the Lord pick that one out for you. And some of you have allowed the enemy to capture you. And it is time for you to be set free. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to let these altars be open for a little bit. <laughs> but I want you to get serious with the Lord. And as will I. And that we hold ourselves accountable to pursuing the Lord until he moves until we decrease and he increases Dylan Father we just thank you Jesus that you have set us free from our captivity and our, and our prisons that Lord we, we repent and we say we're sorry that we've had plan B this whole time when plan A is all we need. And Father, we just ask right now that, Lord, that we would decrease so you could increase. That, Lord, that you would fall on these people and that you would fall on the people in our cities and in our county and in our region. 
Lord, make yourself famous among this land and amongst your people. Lord, without you, none of this is possible. Lord, without you, we cannot be set free from captivity or prison. Lord, without you, we have no healing. We have no strength. And we have no salvation. But with you, Father, you cover a multitude of sin on that cross. With the blood that you shed, with the, with the whipping that you took, You laid it all down for us. And so, God, we just ask right now that you, that you would push us to lay it all down for you, that you would encounter us. In your name we pray. Amen.